Vincent, I know the sign up there says keep quiet, but we ain't about that. No, we're gonna make not. it loud up here. Right on, peace and love, everybody. Welcome to Northwest Arkansas. We're gonna call the hogs here sometime. We are gonna call the hogs now. Everybody out here, if you're from Arkansas, yeah. or you know anything about Arkansas, or you know about calling the hogs, we welcome you to join us as we start this live stage off right. This episode of What the Truck Off Right by Calling the Hogs. Yeah, absolutely. Are you ready? These people are all into it. That's all right, we're gonna warm up a little. Woo! How good does it feel to be back? How good does it feel to be back in one of these lights? Two and a half years, man. I absolutely love it. I'm meeting a whole lot of people I haven't seen. I've been re-meeting people. Is what I've been doing, people. right? Yeah. I know. It's almost awesome. hard to walk through because there's so many people that it we is. have we've had on this show. Yeah. We've seen them on the virtual screens. We've seen them on LinkedIn. We've yeah. seen them on Twitter. Or we've seen them in Slack at our own office. I've I, never seen them in person. Yeah, I think that one of the funny things is is uh, the ratio of bro hugs to just full-on hugs. There's much more full-on hugs this time. The bro hugs will come back later. So what do you think about Northwest Arkansas so far? I love it. Yeah. I love Northwest Arkansas. It's absolutely, I love to call the hugs. Shelly Simpson was amazing, by the way, she as was, always. She was wonderful, and let's talk about that. So today's show opened up, and if you missed any of this, by the way, you can catch all of it on demand, live.freightwaves.com, or you can go to Freightcast and listen to it on audio as well. But we kicked off the event, Craig Fuller did, just talking about the conditions that are going on in the market yeah. right now. Big deals. What were your takeaways from that? So, uh, you know, the conditions going to market are unbelievable and, and that we can pull together and get through some of these things. Some of the, the political or weaponization of supply chain that's going on here, I think he brought it out full front and center. We've talked about that before and it's something we all got to be looking for or looking out for, I should say. That has been a theme through all of the keynotes today was yeah. the mentioning of with Asia Hutchinson, right? We have the governor of Arkansas right. here who's talking about what was happening with China, right? And yeah. what do you say about China? We have to decouple from them. We yeah. have to start friendshoring. We have to, and I know we say this all of the time. We say we have to do these things. Do you think this year will be about action towards those things? Because in 2016, how much was all that talk about the tariffs and the trade deficit and what was happening with China and we're going to put new tariffs in? What has happened since then? I, I think the difference is that this is bringing it home to reality. Before it was trade, it was it was Trump trying to start the trade wars or whatever it was going on right there, and it's one of those things like, well, we'll vote in somebody else and it'll go away after a while, right? Sure. This seems a little bit more real and shutting down Shang, uh, Shanghai and fifty percent of their economy. It's becoming a little bit more obvious that we really do, like Asia said, is we do have to get rid of a China-centric supply chain. It just doesn't work. It's not going to be. It's not the future. Now, did you get the parallel that Billy Bean was making between freight tech and using data and using data appropriately and the parallel he was making between baseball? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that was part of, uh, it, it's part of the DNA of, of freight waves. Yeah. And, and Sonar, we had that, uh, we, so we, uh, who wrote the book? Uh, Michael Lewis. Sure. Right? Uh, Money, uh, Moneyball. Right? Previous speaker. So, yeah. Previous speaker absolutely. at one of our events, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the, the, it, it, is, it is so obvious the connection between the two and, and doing it. So, yeah. Beautiful stuff. And they have the rapid fire demos going on right now. It's an exciting time. If you've never been to a Freight Waves event, we like to bring it. And right now, we'd like to welcome our first guest up here. We've been away from people for so long. I've talked to you in person so much. Now it's time to talk to some other people. Let's bring <laughs> Ashley Savage up. She's national up. sales manager for Coop by Ryder. Ashley, how does it feel to be back at events? It's wonderful. So this is my third one this Ooh. year, and Ooh. I know each one is just getting better and better. Um, it's great to see people just engaging with each other, learning about products, and you know, just networking all in all. Have you been out to Arkansas before? Is this Ryder's first time out in the area? I doubt it. So Ryder's probably been here before, but I have not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a newbie. I learned all about the hot spots from my Uber driver yesterday coming in. So um, apparently Walmart has a great art museum. So I don't know. I'll have time to check that out, but it's on the list, I guess. Well, tell Excellent. us a little bit about we're meeting new people. This first time we talked to you in person. What is Coop by Rider? 
So Coop by Rider, we are a truck sharing platform. So the way I like to describe it is we're essentially an Airbnb, but for commercial vehicles. So we are unlocking additional inventory for businesses who need extra equipment right now, um, and then also allowing businesses who have idle assets to really create a revenue stream for their business. So, so as if I'm an asset carrier, I can use this to kind of slip seat my equipment, keep it moving and my drivers and that type of stuff when they're not on their other routes. and do Correct. It. We do cater more towards businesses who have idle equipment for longer periods of time. So 30 days or longer. So not necessarily spot rentals here or there, but it's really for those customers who, you know, have experienced some sort of, you know, idle asset time, whether it's around driver shortage, they don't have drivers for their trucks right now. They're seasonal customers as well, too. So maybe there's a couple months out of the year that, you know, they're not using their equipment and, you know, other reasons as well, too. But that's our, our main customer base. You know, one thing we've been talking about quite a bit on What the Truck is the challenge that equipment is presenting this year. Last year, the problem was you couldn't find it. This year, the problem is you're paying for very expensive equipment as the market is going down. It's become more important than ever to uncover earning opportunities. What are some of those that work in an opposite market that this can help with? So in an opposite market, I mean, I, I would say it doesn't matter which side of the equation you're on, whether you're a business looking to rent vehicles. Yes, it is a little bit more expensive, but we're able to unlock additional inventory. So it's an open marketplace and our owners can dictate their pricing. So it may not be as expensive as going to a traditional, you know, rental counter or a vendor. So there is some flexibility with pricing. And then, you know, additionally, on the other side, um, you know, you're allowing customers to generate revenue for themselves um, when their trucks are sitting. So is it is it purely uh, the, the equipment rental or is it like kind of 30 day dedicated services? There's no necessarily dedicated time at all. So, you know, that's just our average is yeah. around 30 days, uh, right. if not longer. There's a lot of customers who need equipment for additional, you know, seasonal um, demand, but then also they're waiting on their trucks to be delivered or their trailers that are a year build out. And so they're needing to do something in the meantime. Yeah, and that's a great point because it could go opposite, right? So you're waiting on trucks and trailers so you can rent and bring this in. But also, if you're building up for a new uh, client that's coming on, but it's for two, three months, but you got the equipment, you could use that to supplement during that startup time as well. Exactly. There's so many different use cases for the platform. Um, you know, we're, we're really brokering and, and pairing together uh, two sides of the equation. And it, it's pretty exciting right now. It's something creative and, and new for our industry. And uh, we're solving a lot of problems right now. Now, there's a lot of conference newbies out here, right? A lot mm. of rookies who they've been denied over the past two years the chance to go out there and, and sell, right? And meet people. You're an experienced salesperson. What is your advice at a conference to, to meet people, to engage, to network, and to make the deal? I would say, you know, go up and learn new products and, you know, it may fit into what you're selling or what your own mission or goal is. So learn a new product, uh, you know, introduce yourself to people. And a lot of times you can find a common ground and you may have something, um, you know, to share that sort of thing. But just put yourself out there. You know, there's some great people at these conferences and uh, the uh, industry knowledge is extensive here. Now, if we go by your by your booth over here, do you have a booth here? I'm sorry, what did you say? Do you have a booth over here? So we do have a booth. So our parent company is Ryder. So yeah. Ryder has a large booth over here. And then we do have a smaller booth around the corner. So you can find us at either one of those booths. Okay, we are rating swag. Oh, yeah. Going around. Tomorrow we'll declare a winner. We're not going to okay. do it right now. We're going to be going around and, and rating all the swag. So, okay. so make sure it's well presented for us, okay? That's right. I'll put our best foot forward. <laughs> I, wear, okay, I, actually, wear, I wear an XL, by the way. Okay, XL, got it. People here, where do they go to find your booth? So you'll go straight down the hall to the registration booth and yes. hook a right, and it's at the end. Oh, and people who are watching this in the future, where do they go to learn more about what you do? So coop.com, very easy. Very you can easy. go on there and learn. Coop.com, easy Ashley. enough. Ashley, thank you awesome. so much for coming on the show today with us. Thank you guys for having me. It was we great. We appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Have a great show. Speaking of swag, speaking yeah. of swag, we've been by a few booths so far, and you've already got one over here yeah. that you want to show off. Show I've us what a, was got, your first pick for best swag yeah, you've seen today. So Redwood down that way, go towards Ryder and you'll run into Redwood. Yes. Sustain they got they got their, their water bottles here, right? Ooh. And but not only is this glass and sustainable, they have the sustainable 
uh, uh, straws, too, with a cleaning tool inside the nice little uh, container here. Excellent. My favorite so far. Well, very on-brand for you as well with your uh, your guitar pick company. Yeah, that's Africa. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. My sustainable guitar picks. Well, let's talk, about the, let's talk to the man behind the swag. It's Eric Rambal, Chief Innovation Officer over at Redwood. He was also, give you a little knuckles, too. He was also our fellow passenger, at least from Chicago, the Chicago yeah. leg, down to Arkansas. How's your trip been getting over here? Everything's been great. Thanks for having me, guys. Excellent stuff. Let's get you nice and hot in front of the lights. Yeah, here. love it. <laughs> so, what do you what, what message are you bringing from Redwood here? What do you guys What do you hear at the future of supply chain to let people know about? Yeah, we're here to demo uh, our flagship integration platform as a service for logistics, uh, Redwood Connect. And what we're uh, rolling out today is a lot about our playbooks and how to onboard uh, a whole lot faster. So, all of this talk about partners and ecosystems actually starts to turn into real connections that create real value. Yeah, it's excellent. And, you know, the, the, the theme has been for quite some time and really culminating today about data and, and, and the future, right, which, yeah. is, which is data and transparency and knowing and living, breathing. How, how do you bring about the, a data-driven supply chain? How do you drive that? Yeah, I think, you know, everyone's been talking about being data-driven for years, but we're really still, especially in our industry, right at the beginning of organizations taking all this data out of silos and using it, cleaning it, making sure that it's actionable for for day-to-day. But it really all starts with with data pipelines, and that's what we're trying to evangelize and get people to understand. Because even though we've seen all of this influx, there's new logos at the show here today that, you know, I haven't seen before, and these new companies, it's going to keep evolving and accelerating. And we need to find a way to connect these companies in this great new technology into these open ecosystems. So for us, it's how do we connect, uh, but also how do we you know, uh, enable others to leverage the same tool to make it easier to connect to them so that it's not just us in the middle, but a truly collaborative way of doing business. You know, we like to pretend in supply chain that um, we don't need data to drive our decisions, you know, or <laughs> we woke up, our knee feels this way, or we feel this particular way. Yeah. Uh, and also... We're kind of control freaks at times, too, so it's hard to automate things. What's going to happen? We have a big ego about it. Can you, uh, can you bring down our concerns a little bit? Why do, we need to, why do we need to automate, and what's the danger of not automating yeah. workflow? I mean, if you listen to Billy Bean this morning in the keynote, right, he doesn't watch games uh, because he doesn't want that emotional side to kick in. So there's this expression of, you know, is your company data-led or are you hippo-led? And Hippo is the highest paid person's opinion in the room wins, yeah. uh, whereas yeah. data driven is you're actually using the telemetry to tell you what to do. And you're agreeing to those KPIs and metrics and you're honoring them rather than just t- changing the definition of what good means. So, you know, when you can you actually start moving the data and then showing the data to the team, not just executives, but to everybody and get everyone aligned on it. You start to get to a place where having real time data flowing through pipelines into dashboards and down to the end users, it creates almost like um collaborative accountability and it's really nice to see it, it is and when you're when you're looking at data and you're bringing this in there a part of that of moving from hippo right to data led is you got to have faith in that data and you have to have faith yeah. in that network and in the technology that's bringing you that data right so as companies bring this on and go okay i need to i need to innovate i need to get in in on this what are some of the dangers of the pitfalls what do you need to be looking at when they're bringing on new technology yeah i mean if there's a single company out there that says that they don't have dirty data you know I don't know if they're telling the truth, right? So missing origins, bad skews, you know, dimensions are off, um, you know, maybe business rules are, are set that are inaccurate. But if you look at that and then you work with that company, you say, okay, when the data is in flight, when it's moving from one system to another, can we capture that? Can we see it? Can we fix it? Can we look up what it means when you have, you know, the word golden retriever written in the consignee field and you know you have to change that to, you know, Rogers, Arkansas. So, you know, there's rules that you can follow and make uh, in, in turn them into value and then do them at high speed so you don't interrupt supply chains. You know, data is an interesting thing. And, and uh, Jamie Hunt, Shelley Simpson, she did a keynote at this and she was showing driver responses, right? They took the data from driver reviews of, of different locations. But here's the thing. If you don't do anything with that data, right, especially the negative stuff, these drivers complaining, if you don't improve conditions, data can then also become toxic, right? Yeah. Because people see it, they go, nothing is happening, right? Yeah. How do you enact the data though? How, like, cause we talk about data so much, but how do we make it work for us? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's the actual data of like your platforms and your metrics and how are they doing and what's the response time and processing time. But then there's metrics of things like net promoter score and you know your attrition rate and how are your customers treating you and what don't they like. So what's really important and especially with product led companies is that level of empathy. Can you empathize with your users? Can you write stories and understand those personas and say, forget the data and the ones and zeros for a second. Can we understand why something is useful? 
because we're all in business to be useful and you know to make people's lives a little bit easier. And if we can find ways to make things useful, we're, we're doing our job right. And if we can alleviate pain, we're, we're doing an even better job. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that she said, that Shelly said, was was uh, people make the shipper of choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how do you is that one of the dangers or what is the biggest danger of not of 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 not disrupting yourself and not bringing in this technology and automating this data yeah is it is it missing out on that building those relations or, or what is it it's always people first and it starts with really good change management so you can say that you want to digitally transform your organization you want to be data driven and data led but if you don't have folks who are one managing the change and number two measuring and adopting the change so that we can slow down or speed up you know, your, your audience and your customer is almost always internal first uh, and, and then external. So, you know, change management and realizing that everyone is human and we're creatures of habit and we like to do things our way until we change. And then all of a sudden we change. And we can't imagine using it the old way in the past. You know, you, everything used to be, you know, just the right way. And you can't imagine going back in time. So you've told us what you hope to share out here. What do you hope to take away? What do you hope to learn from everybody else at these events? Because they don't mean anything if there's yeah, not other people. That's true. Uh, I'm just so excited to be here and see all these people. Um, I think the corridor is super packed and it's just an amazing thing to see. Um, I just want to walk up to as many people as I can, learn what they're doing, learn what their challenges are, um, you know, and, and get really excited for, you know, this group of really smart innovators being back together and uh, finding new and awesome things to do together. Now, before we let you get off the stage, though, yeah, you have to play the cowbell. Now, All right. I did not give this to Ashley, so Kevin will have to play on behalf of Ryder. He will be Ryder's cowbell okay. player because we already f kind of forgot on that one. But starting with Eric right here, give All this right. over, and we can leave that over on the guest thing. All right. We'll let the guests have control of the cowbell we'll hear. And just go for just it. Just go nuts. All right. stuff let's hear it for eric from redwood eric people want to learn more they want to catch up with you where do we send them to redwoodlogistics.com beautiful stuff take it easy sir thanks, thanks guys. guys thanks for coming Good by you, yeah right on we'll see you out in the battlefield check afterwards. out their swag they got the check out their swag hey another sustainability cool one. by the way if you're here because there's people here actually listening to us unlike usually usually we have like a fake virtual audience in front yeah, of us it's usually just here like we actually Frazier. have people <laughs> another cool booth right over your shoulder convoy check out this hat really really sick trucker hat check out these shirts too these are two favorites. If you can tell, we're kind of lazy. We haven't gotten that far down there because Convoy and, and Redwood are some of the first two. But this is a uh, beautiful shirt, too. I got the last XL truck, yeah, by the way. So you did. You I'll did. auction it's it off later if there's any XLs out there. On, on eBay. I'll auction it. <laughs> should we bring Brad Franco up? Brad Franco, a North uh, yes, American yes, Business we Development Manager, Data Science and AI Solutions at HP. There we go. Good to see you. Good to see you. And, and keep this cap. What do you over. not do? Michael, keep the cowbell <laughs> over here. Not the much. The guests get to control the cowbell today. Thank you. I'm going to hold it right here. This is perfect. That is. If perfect. we say anything that annoys us, you can hit that. We do to guests. Uh, you, you get to play that at the end. <laughs> Introduce yourself to us, though. Where are you joining us from and what got you to Arkansas? Yeah, hey, folks. Uh, I'm in here from Salt Lake City, Utah. Of course, Ooh. HP, uh, headquartered out of Fort Collins, Colorado. So my colleague is here with me uh, from Fort Collins. And we came here because we think there's a, the right audience is attending Freightways here in Arkansas to talk about data a lot like what eric was just mentioning now let's start off because hp there's probably a lot of people like hp i, I had a printer by them right yeah or why a laptop, is this the yeah. right audience i think you <laughs> yeah. made a really compelling statement to start off with why is this the right audience yeah for HP? so what a lot of folks don't realize is there is more to hp than just your home printer yeah uh, there's more than just your laptop that an everyday analyst is using i'm with z by hp z is a distinct brand within hp there's only a few of those okay uh, and we are focused specifically on high power computers for heavy, serious data science, data analytics, uh, and, and large data sets and models. Wait, are you talking like quantum, like computer, like well, next generation? I'm not going to quant just yeah. right now, but, <laughs> but we are talking about, as you're seeing in supply chain and in many industries, all of a sudden there's a new person on the team, right? The data scientist or the data analyst. And the traditional uh, laptop or desktop is just not sufficient for what they need to really be doing to bring businesses real-time analytics to make real-time decisions and use their data thoughtfully. I hope there's some people listening to this that are... <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to offer me a choice between two different pills, but you're going to help me with my data flow. So why is this yeah. such important in the logistics industry? Yeah, so this is important for a few reasons. First, it goes back to kind of the core vision of what data science is from Z by HP, right? Accelerating the data science workflow, complementing 
cloud infrastructure. I've seen AWS and a few other folks here, right? Sure. Everyone's in the cloud yeah. um, and for, in other software suites as well. Uh, and then giving those data science scientists and those analysts access to critical data science tools. That, is, that sounds very easy. It's been incredibly challenging to do though. Why, do you, why has it been so challenging? What do you think the biggest barrier is there? There's a lot of reasons. Uh, namely, there's some unknown yeah. around it. Uh, I think supply chain is a very relationship-based industry, right? We like shaking hands, talking to people, calling people on the phones. Data science is, a, is in some ways a more of a singular role sure. where you have somebody who sits behind a computer and they're playing with the machine all day and they're crunching data all day and then they can kind of push that out with a few clicks of a button. It's really true that we are yeah. a strangely emotional business, especially oh, yeah, the no old guard that ran sure. things. Like I, when I was selling freight, there were like people would ban UPS or FedEx over like a mixed shipments. They would ban entire carriers over like one person's bad day. It's very emotionally That's right. That's the right. complete opposite of data driven. What is the power of computer though? How is that changing how we use data, the speed and power and processing of computers? Because I think a lot of people too, they go, well, you know, I bought a laptop a couple years ago. It's mm -hmm. plenty fast. Like <laughs> how much better can it get? Yeah. Can it get better? It can get better and it, it, it can get different. So right now there's a, everyone talks about doing work in the cloud and that the cloud is an incredible, incredibly important tool within your broader technology ecosystem. But because today companies are producing an, un an unbelievable amount of data on a daily basis, or they're collecting and adjusting and trying to analyze a large amount of data, you can't do all of that in just a cloud environment. You, I should say you can't do it as efficiently as you'd want to in a fully cloud environment. So we're saying we're making strong, high horsepower machines that you want to position at the edge so that you can do some of that model building and that iteration and that analysis on the machine. And when you have a more finalized product, you deploy that to the cloud and then everyone can access it and go from there. That just saves money. It speeds up the process, makes life a little bit easier. So it's like a cold intake filter for your turbo. Sure, sure. <laughs> Let's go that way. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So, what my, my team's running? I mean, yep. my team's running and everything, and I'm trying to get the loads, and we've got difficult times here. How disruptive is it to bring on this new technology? It's not disruptive. The, disrupt, the challenging part was new for I think for the audience here is bringing these professionals into the organization, yeah. and the reason I mentioned that is because once you bring them in, that's the most challenging barrier. Now they just need the right tools to do their job. And that's gonna make your life much easier and it's gonna make way more sense for them because they're gonna have the tools and the familiarity to then apply that to what you need them to do. And our machine, very simply put, think large memory, think graphics cards, think a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, storage, that they, you can process large amounts of data on the machine if you so choose. You know, there's a scene in Creed where Rocky Balboa, he, he asked for the kid's number, right? I, yeah. I forget the name of the guy he's training, but he's training this guy. And uh, he gives it to the kid, and then he goes, aren't you going to keep He hands him right back his card. He goes, no, it's, it's in the cloud now. But if you think <laughs> about the cloud, it's such this sort of like amorphous term, right? When most of us think of the cloud, it's like, I don't know. It's some sort of server that things go up to. And I, sure, when I'm sure. on the internet, I can connect to it. Um, what is complementary cloud though, and what differentiates different clouds? Well, uh, what I'm saying is the machine complements that ecos or the architecture that you have yeah. in your business. So you, of course, you have storage space in the cloud and you can use it up however you so choose. Well, to maybe save a little bit of money or save a little bit of bandwidth or to avoid some of the latency in uploading large amounts of data to the cloud, you can do a lot of that work on the machine, because this is not just a standard machine that you're gonna get at Best Buy. Yeah. It's, it's a very specific build for that person in your business to use. Yeah, so Brett, you know, we're talking with Billy Bean, right? And, yes. and Moneyball yeah. and, yep. and all that. So you, yeah, great you take all that morning. concept into your mind and people drilling holes and tunnels to, to, run, to run cables through yes. the mountains of upstate New York and Pennsylvania. Yep. So you get data a millisecond fast. Yes. Is that where we're going in trucking? Is it now getting to that point where you've got to have that type of speed? I think that's a better question for Dan Pickett at Freightways. <laughs> I mean, Dan, Dan says, right? Dan says he wants real-time, local information. And you're not going to be able to achieve that 
without putting some serious horsepower at the source of the data. How important is near real-time data right now? I mean, just look at this market. Look at the look at the debate that's been going on on LinkedIn between Craig Fuller, some of us at FreightWaves, and other people in the market saying that the market's not declining because they're looking at lagging government data and making yeah, decisions yeah. based on that instead of making decisions based on the actual context of the market of what is happening right now. Who cares what happened in March, Michael Vincent? <laughs> Who cares what happened in February? Yeah. Good for whomever in February. Good for That's that right. person in the past. That's right. Yeah, and, and quite frankly, what it comes down to is like right now, a lot of the audience here is not equipped to actually to actually put that to practice. They can say it all they want, yeah. but if you don't have the, the strong enough machine to actually do it, your customers are gonna be impacted. So yeah, you've got to have that data. You've got to have it there. You got to have the data from across that market, right? Yep. And speaking to some people last night, right? The the large contract carriers, like a month ago, whatever, we're not seeing the decline that we were seeing. But that's because they're insulated for quite a, a while, right? But the rest of the market starts to see that quickly. It's the little guys that see the change faster than the rest. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, look no further than fuel prices, right? You can't. What has happening today completely different than what was happening ninety days ago. So yeah. you need you need a new. You need a new batch of data that you need to feed that model to get the right output. And if you can't do that, then you're going to be, you're going to fall behind. Brad, what do you hope to learn from everyone here today? What do you hope to learn from all the boots and all these great speakers and all these great demos that, that you might not be aware of? Yeah, well, so HP is, I think, traditionally viewed as a hardware company. And this whole, a lot of this conversation has been very focused on our machines. Yeah. And that's just one piece of the equation for data scientists. There's an element of software as well. And what I want to learn from the audience and from the vendors is where that software fits into HP's technology stack and vice versa, where I might fit in to where my hardware, my computers might complement what they're trying to accomplish with their software. Wow. HP going all in on supply chain We're now? trying to. We're wow. trying to. Yeah, <laughs> or at least I am. I love it. Yeah, hey, <laughs> so, yeah. hey Eric, supply, give me a red, supply chain's going mainstream, man. That's New right. York Times That's headlines, right. HP, Absolutely. getting data on there. Hey, before we let you go, you got to play that cowbell. I would love to. You got to play that cowbell. To. Pretty solid. Sweet. Pretty solid. Pretty Thanks. solid. Nice. Where do people go to learn more? The, uh, they go to Z by HP. Z by Google Z by HP. HP.com. H Google Z by HP. Data science. Do it. Yep. Thanks so much. Thank you. Let's mention something here. Our Freight Waves TV stage is brought to you by Transcard and Maxtercard, bringing together Freight X. Can you believe that? Freight 10. Freight X. Freight, Freight X. Both. Wow. I don't know. I love it's it. great. I love it. I love it. Whatever I love it. it is. I want to gonna... learn about Torque Robotics. I want to learn about, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd. I grew up in the you 80s, are. right? And like every <laughs> book they had for kids in the 80s was like a robot serving you at fast food and like yeah. robots washing your car. And like, yeah. remember Rocky's robot? Like he's talking about Stallone because I, I remember him. Rosie on but, the Jetsons, my friend. No, That's no, no. Rocky IV. Remember the robot he <laughs> yes, had? Yes, I do. He has yeah. a robot butler. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah, great. Yeah. She was great. Do you know they edited her out of the TV one I just watched recently? What? I'm like, how do you do that? Oh, and they made like, they made this new version of Rocky IV, this new edit that has her out of it too. That's I don't, cool. don't, don't get I don't that like one. revisionist yeah, history. I think it's called Stallone versus Drago. Don't, don't see like that one. <laughs> Stick with Rocky IV. All right, Walter <laughs> Gregg, product strategy director over at Torque Where Robotics. Come on Walter. stage, sir. There he hey, comes. Good to see everybody. How are you? Dan, Dan, appreciate more than meets the Thank eye. You. What's up, brother? Tell us a little bit about Torque. What's up? Uh, what, what do you guys do over at uh, Torque Robotics? Well, we, we do quite a bit. So Torque Robotics is uh, an independent subsidiary of Daimler Truck. Mm -hmm. uh, so from the global market, now in the North American market, uh, brings us Freightliner, Western Star, so the market share leader. So Torque Robotics uh, is on a pure play development to bring level four autonomous technology to the commercial truck space. Interesting. So gotcha. let's, some people here may not be aware of all these levels. Why don't we start there? What is the difference between level four, level three, and, and level one? Yeah, so um, there's there's a lot of variability between them. So let's look at level, start with level four. So level yeah. four infers that within a specific designed engineered environment, so we talk about things like weather, traffic, other conditions, um, that the vehicle can fulfill all aspects of the driving task without a human behind the wheel. So a driver out within a prescribed environment. Where level two, as an example, so we're skipping three, but level two uh, is what we refer to as driver assistance systems. So the inference there is that a driver will always be there and actively available and involved. And level three has this notion of, of transience between a driver being needed and a driver not being needed. So we are focused solely on level four technology. Gotcha. And then at level five would be like any environment. 
right? Without uh, you were talking about the Jetsons five. earlier, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that, the Jetsons, that gets into right? level five. So that oh, is gotcha. the notion okay. of anything, anytime, anywhere, which is a, a very difficult engineering that's, challenge. We're, we're out on that one. So why why class eight specifically? You guys focus on class eight, right? The yeah. commercial side. Class eight is where we see a viable market to bring the the technology to commercialization, specifically early on. So if, if you think about this technology, you know, a reasonable analog is like your cell phone, right? Early on, the bag phone, right? Who, who could live off a bag phone today? Well, that will be your initial product that will come to market. Uh, and then understanding the technology will continue to evolve over time. So we see the Class 8 market space uh, as being the opportunity where there is a demand to solve a problem. And our mission is to bring this technology to the industry to use as the industry sees best. You know, it's funny because... Technology, especially since 2019, like I remember doing an interview in 2019 where you're talking about autonomous systems and I asked if they would be on diesel trucks and they were like, of course not. This is for the future electric trucks that we're building. But electric technology is taking a long time to develop that, that fuel and solving for 250 miles plus going over the, over the road has been really hard. So it seems like almost autonomous has diverged from there and they're looking at diesel markets and they're looking at other kind of trucks. What market in terms of class eight looks the best right now, though, for for automation? Yeah, so, um, so speaking to electrical quick, we're on parallel developmental pathways, and you're right. Um, they're both complex engineering challenges. Where we see level autonomy, at least initially, is in what we call the hub-to-hub -hub environment. Yeah. So that is human-powered to bring it to a consolidation point, a transfer hub or terminal. Uh, level four autonomy moves it down the road, some economical distance, however far that may be, and then drops it back off. So it is that initial hub-to-hub -hub market is where we see the opportunity to bring the technology early on. Yeah, so we're driving forward quickly in, in automation and, and in technology. How long do you see before this is actually, I mean, there's a lot of testing going on, but how long till we're running from Fayetteville to, to St. Louis? Uh, so, you know, some of our mission in being here uh, is to help uh, inform the industry on where the, the arc of commercialization is. You know, we don't want to speak to um, specific timelines and dates. Um, First off, you've identified it's a complex problem and it's going to take time. Yeah. Uh, it's going to take a decent amount of time. And there are other factors that have to come together as well to facilitate it. So typically what we will um, say is that don't plan on it this year. Don't plan on it next year at a commercial, uh, inherently safe scale. Um, but by the end of the decade, uh, we, we feel comfortable that you'll see this technology on the roads. You know, one of the sort of schools of thought when people were talking about these at least a couple of years ago was... Over the road would be where it would be automated. Then you would need like a hub and spoke system where a driver would take over and do the delivery. But now, from what I'm hearing from people, it almost sounds like the opposite, doesn't it? Uh, so speaking to some of the other autonomous developers, we're really excited. Uh, so the, the industry itself is just an amazing time to be in it and see what all is being developed. Um, so again, we are solely focused on that hub to hub, long distance, class eight space. Uh, in terms of what gets it to those hubs uh, and the uh, teams that are out there, uh, very, very smart people uh, making incredible strides. Yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, it's hard to say what they'll accomplish. We're certainly cheering them on uh, that other technologies can be uh, married up to, to what we're focused on. Yeah, it seems like it's one of those, it's got to be collaborative in nature, even though you're competitive as well to bring everything together. Is, is this a, you see this as a sudden disruptor or is this slow to come through? And let's talk about yeah, that a little bit. Yeah, we, we, we really don't like that notion of disruption. Yeah. The last thing we ever want to do is disrupt the U.S. supply chain. I wish I had my cowbell so I could bang it. I'm just going to clap here. <laughs> Stop right. using disruption. It's not a good marketing right. term in supply chain. We do not like disruption. No, Thank uh, you. Yeah, that, that doesn't feel good to us either. I think the way we look at it, uh, appreciating the sheer mass of the U.S. trucking industry, where we intend to bring this, um, the sheer complexity of it, you start to appreciate what it takes to scale this type of product. We approach it from the notion of sustained innovation. So it will come in at a reasonable clip. It will come in at a digestible level. Uh, it will come in in the applications where it makes sense, um, which will be a relatively small footprint. Uh, and then it will scale responsibly. Uh, so that notion of disruption uh, is, not, is not a term we like to use in the trucking industry. I love it. I love it. So this is something that the drivers should be looking for. I mean, when it comes through to the drivers, right, when you start talking about the long haul, the hub to hub, mm -hmm. it actually starts to create those jobs for the drivers that everybody seems to think, oh, all the drivers want these anyways, yeah. local, and, and yeah. right? So it yeah. fits in nice. That's right. Yeah, so I'm glad you asked this because a lot of drivers do. A lot of drivers watch our show. Yeah. They read our site, backthetruckup.com. What would you say to them about fears they might have about automation? How is this going to make their life better? Yeah, so we go back to the sheer scale of, of the U.S. supply chain, the U.S. trucking industry. Um, and 
appreciating the sheer complexity that creates all the problems. So the notion of driver shortage really is a manifestation of so many other issues and challenges. Um, what we see in terms of the rate at which this will scale, the ability to support the scaling, to manufacture the trucks themselves, the progression and development of the technology, it's a pretty simple message. If you're a good driver today, you're a safe driver today, you're welcome in this industry, you will be here for as long as you want to be. If you're thinking about getting into trucking, you're thinking about becoming a driver, there will be a job for you for as long as you want one. Autonomous technology will have a particular scope, a particular application, and the notion of wholesale displacement is just simply uninformed. Very wow. interesting. So if, if you're coming into it, were you, are we talking about pilots and engineers, uh, drivers kind of converting to that? Because that's been a notion as well, right? Yeah. It kind of combines that tech with the, with the skill yeah. of a driver. Yeah, so it's super exciting to think about what the, the future vehicle operator might look like in terms of um, what they want to work with uh, as it comes to technology, what they want to work with in terms of, of uh, application of technology. Um, so yeah, what, what the future state industry could look like in terms of resources and new things that a new technology need to bring in, you know, it's, it's incredible to think about, but there's going to be tons of opportunities to shape that. Mm, beautiful stuff. Now, we've been asking everyone this. What do you hope to learn while you're here from, from this audience and, and their needs and their demos? Yeah, so our, our main mission here um, is simply to be available as an industry informer. Torque has been at this for a long time. Mm. Uh, so we've actually been in autonomy before it's called autonomy. Uh, <laughs> so we were in, in this before there were even levels. So the big thing for us, uh, we, we've been kind of quiet for a number of years as we've been an independent subsidiary of Diamond Truck. Um, it's really uh, to help bring the opportunity to inform to the industry. Um, so this, again, this technology at a commercial scale uh, is, is a ways out. Uh, so the idea is be asking questions, understand how this might impact your organization, uh, ways to leverage it and utilize it. So really as industry informer, uh, and then the ability to answer questions that anybody may have. Well, beautiful, beautiful Excellent stuff. Now, the real question though, can you play a cowbell? We're gonna have to find, find out. out. We'll have to see All how right. it goes. This is not an automated cowbell. Let's see what he got. Ooh, that might have been the best timing so far. I love the, so the triplets. Little, little, little triplets. You got yeah. some punk, punk music in your background? You got some yeah, punk right. music in your background? Yeah, uh, yeah. People are getting more comfortable. <laughs> I love it now. now before <laughs> you go, where do people go to learn more? Uh, we have a booth set up uh, directly across from uh, the main room. Yeah. Um, so feel free to stop by. We have plenty of people here to answer questions. Uh, so look for, the, look for the monitor of the truck driving itself. Uh, we will look for the monitor love of the truck it. driving itself. Sounds good. We'll Take it easy. Take it easy. Appreciate the opportunity. Take it easy, brother. All right, Kevin Kalanch, Group Director of Ooh. Customer Logistics over at Ryder. Nice Ryder bookend today, which is great because we were so remiss in not having Ashley play the cowbell. It didn't even dawn on me until after she moved. Then I'm like, thankfully, we've got another Ryder person here. I got to represent us. If she's in the area, we'll give her another chance. Although I, I, I actually have a guy on my team. I wish he was here. He's like a professional cowbell player. Wait, they have professional cowbell players? I, He's pretty good. He's been I on get stage paid at a concert doing the cowbell. There you go. You got to have timing, right? right. <laughs> Kevin, tell us, how does, it, how does it feel to be back? And we have seen, like, personally, us just on our own relationship, we've seen each other on the Zoom screen multiple times, but we have not seen each other in person. I'm sure a lot of these people, it's new saying, how does it feel to be back with the people? Uh, it feels amazing. It feels great to be back out here. This is my uh, second conference. We went out to the TIA uh, about, a, was it a month ago, I guess yeah. now? Yeah. Um, but it feels good to be back out here networking with all the leaders, looking at all the new tech that's out there that we haven't necessarily been exposed to yet. And, and you guys got a lot, of, a lot of swag up here. Actually, I'm going to send you guys some swag. It'll be the best swag you have. We have a bobblehead. I'll get, I'll get you a bobblehead of our mascot that we created for Riders Freight Brokers. What, wait, what is your mascot? Whoa. What does your mascot look like? Uh, our mascot is, uh, his nickname is Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle. Uh, he is a hustling concierge. Yes. And uh, he's nicknamed after my favorite red. Rose. Yeah, I was going to say, Johnny Hunt. <laughs> this is like some deep it's, rider inside baseball. It, how can hey, nobody, how can we don't know about Charlie Hunt? Well, well, you're going you're gonna to get uh, a bobblehead. You get to display it. I'll get, I'll get oh, you a bobblehead. We will. It'll, we'll be the, it'll be the best swag you have. We'll, All right. We'll introduce them. Well, hey, tell us a little bit about what you do over at Ride. Why are you here today? What are you, what are you trying to learn? What do you want to tell the people? Yeah, so I, I lead our, our freight brokerage group, and, and really my goal for this conference is, is really to get out there and network and, and really meet the leaders and really look at all the tech. When you look at uh, probably five, six years ago, you, this technology that is out here on the floor didn't exist. I mean, for the most part. Right. It was like vaporware, you, right? You had, to, you had to build it yourself. 
or you, or you had some some good off the shelf technology, but not to the level that it is today. And and we we uh, Rider are really big on buying off the shelf, putting things together through open integrations, and then really building. You had you had Ashley on the stage here earlier about the Coop software. You've got yeah. our, our booth out there with Rider Share. Those are the tools that we like to create. And we we're just like that in the freight brokers group. We want to put the best that's out there together and then use our intellectual capital to really drive tools that are going to give value to the customers and the carriers alike. Yeah, Rider's been an innovator for quite some time yeah. in, in that regard and bringing those the integration together. How right. important is that for, for the customers out there to really embrace this and bring it into them? I think it's super important. I, I mean, when you look at a customer, do they really care what software you're using? Right at the end of the day, it's it's really about putting the right tools together that's going to empower them to use the data. We talked a lot about data today. Uh, use Allow those tools to come together, use the data, and then drive decisions off of it and, dis, and actions off of it. Uh, I think the, the guest you had on a little bit earlier, if you don't use the data, what? What's it there for, right? What's the point? And, right? and, we're, and we're really early on in that. And I think the those that are that are finding the right collaborative partners, that are open to bringing in those collaborations and truly working together to solve those problems, that's what the customers care about. And we've got to find the right tech, and that's the thing we've we've done at Rider is, is putting that, like I said, put that tech together, and then display that out to the customers so they can they can look at it. Well, speaking of tech, a lot of people out there right now going on load boards, that kind of tech, and they yeah. go, "What the hell happened to rates? Where did what what happened to this market? Where did everything go? What are you seeing over at Rider on the freight brokerage side?" Uh, I mean, we're seeing we're seeing what everybody else is seeing a little bit of the the plateauing, uh, rates coming down a little bit, capacities opened up a little bit. You know what uh, was showing up first was yeah. e-commerce. I know a lot yeah. of e-commerce yeah. sellers, and they were like. Man, we did not have that great of a Christmas, especially the smaller ones. Right. They're like sales were down like twenty percent, and right. it's kind of interesting because you're kind of watching all that stuff just trickle down. Yeah, and as a freight brokerage, we're usually the tip of the spear, right? We're, yeah. we're usually one of the first to see it. Riders got the e-commerce side; we certainly are seeing it there a yeah. little bit. Uh, you talked a little bit on, on the last segment about some of the contract business. The large national carriers are usually the last to the last to know. Usually, customers are the last to know because they've got things locked in. Um, but certainly they're seeing it because the spot, the tender rejects are so down, right? Yeah. yeah You're in single digits at this point, which we haven't seen in quite some time. So yeah, how, do you become, how do you become a more valuable partner in this environment? Um, I think for us, it, it's really about the, the people and, and the technology combination. Uh, in some sessions that I've been on with you before, we talked a lot about that, right? And it, and it goes all the way back to the training component, making sure the the people are what, what we say is extensions of the customer's supply chain. We're there to be your experts. You're not necessarily going to be experts at all aspects of transportation. Well, that's where the third party can come in and, and really do that for you. So how do you keep that focus there in Rider? That the tech is there and the innovation is there, but it's really driven there to create those partnerships, right? Because even right. in these downtimes, LTL is exploding, right? right? Right, right now. And it always happens when you have that down. But there are there are truckload and there are there are brokerages that are that are doing well now because they maintain through those relationships. How do you keep that focus? It's all about relationships. Um, for me, you look at a lot of the entrants in the last several years. I, mean, I mentioned five or six years ago, some of this stuff didn't exist. These are allowing that that uh, the smaller brokers, even mid-sized brokers, to compete uh, where, where technology is. I don't want to use disruption. That's a bad word, right? No. Um, but they, <laughs> but they, uh, they came in and and forced everyone else to raise their game. And you're seeing some of that here. But but it all goes back to relationship because the empowerment that that tech is allowing you to do, it's not going to solve all the problems. It's the people that are going to do it. It's the training that you put to your people, and it's it's your your relationship that's going to solve at the end. Of the day. Now we started that's off a with point. a uh, with a Razorbacks chant, but I think it's time that we do a. Uh, well, maybe you can guess what school do you think this is from. Everyone's a lobo. <laughs> woof, woof, woof. That's right. That's my uh, that's my partner. With the fear of God. That's my partner in crime, David Stone. I think he's a legend on this <laughs> on this show. Wait, wait, uh, come over here, David. Come, come over here real quick. Here, Say hi. Because you know what, you have to. So, Kevin, you play the cowbell first. You're actually going to compete against against him. I got to compete. You have to compete against him. What? Oh man. The, the, what if I, like what if I gave the beat? Now. What it's if like I gave the, the beat to game. everybody's a lobo? Whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you want. Everyone's a lobo. Woof, woof, woof. All right, you guys can do the collaboration. (laughs) 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 Appreciate it. Hey, Kevin, where do people go to learn more? 
you can go to rider.com. Um, that'll certainly point you in the right direction. Uh, we've got a, a couple booths here. We've got the coupe booth all the way down at the other end. Uh, we've got the uh, rider share booth right over here. That's where David and I will be housed at. Uh, but if you if you want to reach out to us, rider.com or LinkedIn. Beautiful stuff. Right. Now, Excellent. I got to bring Justin up here because just, just, Justin, get up here. Get up. You should be doing what Ingrid is doing right now, getting all this uh, this footage online. Now, she's doing a great job. Uh, you're just learning. You're in training. But one of the reasons I brought you up is you are a great story. You're one of our stories over at backthetruckup.com. Yeah. Truck driver turns content creator on social media. And now, just less than a month later, you're here at this Freight Waves event, how does it feel? I feel like the Oompa Loompa at the Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory being taken out and being brought into the boardroom and going, this is how the chocolate's made. Yeah. You know, you're so used to just being the person on the ground, you rarely get a, a chance to really see what's happening you know, on the executive level. I, you know, I was gonna guess that answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know here's the thing though, a lot of times we have these events and one of the reasons we wanted to start backthetruckup.com was to make these things really valuable. We talk so much about data and information, but what about the information that happens at a place like this that only goes to an executive level, that does not go to the small owner operator, that does not go to the driver, to know that the tools that are available to them. And that's why we're bringing a voice to that. What have you seen today that's really impressed you just in your driver's eyes, and in your, in your sort of new eyes to this world? Autonomous. Everything autonomous? is autonomous trucks. You always say they're on their way. No, they're here. Yeah. Um, Scale, scale, scale. That's going to be the big thing. It's so much easier to press a button and hire up 100 trucks than it is to hire 100 drivers. Now, what's a bigger threat to driver jobs, though? Automation or getting jobs on FreightWaves Media? <laughs> We're a small team here right now, so it's, it's tough getting in, but, you know... The more the merrier, I think. So what do you think, though? As a, as a driver, does it does automation concern? We always hear from drivers all the time. Sure. Automation, they're very, very concerned about it. They think it's going to take their jobs. A lot of the automation side say, no, we're trying to enhance your jobs or to take the, the bad routes out or, or whatever it may be. What is your impression? What would you like drivers to know, at least so far, what you've seen? If you're a driver that's a good driver, you're always going to be in demand. Yeah. I really see this um, taking the jobs of the jobs that drivers don't want to do. You know, That's always been one of the best things about automation is it's doing the jobs that nobody wants to do. So usually when you hear about a driver shortage, it's for jobs that nobody wants. Beautiful stuff. Well, we're so happy you came up. You can find him at back the truck uh, on Twitter. That's where we're probably most active, but you're yep. doing great TikToks and everything too. Absolutely. He's got full coverage of the event, especially from the back the truck eyes. We need you to play cowboy. Then I'm going to bring Ingrid up here. So Ingrid, oh. get, get ready. Play. Get, there you go. Pretty, oh, nice. I like it. And you're not trying to go too Sweet. hard to beat the guests. That would be that we don't want yeah, to necessarily no, beat the guests. Right. One more truck driver story over here at backthetruckup.com is the illustrious Ingrid Brown. If you've listened to Freightwaves Radio, you've heard her many times. We've done a Freightwaves Insiders. You've been with the truck guests. We brought you on to start America on 18 wheels right afterwards. Backthetruckup.com started, and now you're over there making your show or the home to your show and your articles. Tell us a little about yourself, Ingrid. Oh, where do I start? 42 years uh, driving a truck. I've been an independent open operator for most of that time. And now I find myself doing a whole lot more of back the truck up in America on 18 wheels than I do driving, but I'm trying to work that together. Now, you've been to a lot of events. You were just at Matt's, right? Matt's, right. Matt's is huge. This is your first Freight Waves event. What is your impression so far? I love it. I love it. I love the intimacy here. I love it to where we're all together, but at the same time, you still have time to network and communicate and learn products. I've been walking around and actually introducing myself and meeting everybody and asking them, what did they bring to the conference? But what are they wanting to get out of the conference as well? That's, that's, that's what I've been asking everyone too. Yeah. It's been amazing. I mean, every single person here not only wants to give their product out and tell everybody what they've brought, but they want to network. They, they do want to network. And, and what's been the reception when you, uh, you know, hey, my background, I'm a driver and I'm here and I've converted. So that is they, are they like more excited to talk to you about that? It is. It's crazy because uh, South's been with me through the whole time filming. And when I say, well, would you believe that I'm an over the ride, over the road truck driver? And all of a sudden it's kind of like mouth open. And I'm like, well, you start giggling and they're like, Wow, I was just trying to catch a deep breath, really. But no, they they literally, we go in and start talking about it. And we I found so many that are here that are wanting 
to connect with us drivers and carriers and bridge, as we say, bridge the gap. I love that you said that because we talk so much from the perspective, like on that stage, I heard so many people talking about like data and like humanizing data and making it there. But we need to humanize our industry too. We need to humanize the understanding that we have of one another. And that's part of what we're doing with Back the Truck uh, is changing those perceptions, those misconceptions people have of drivers, that caricature that they see on Saturday Night Live, which, you know, I mean, jokes aside, the diverse businesswomen over here, owner operators, huge business owners. See, community, we were just talking about all the work that they do. It's a massively diverse community of the driver, and we need to be communicating to them. And that's what we're doing with backthetruckup.com. You ever want to sponsor anything on us? Let us know as well. Absolutely. I believe in it. I believe it, in the message. It's amazing. I mean, I've just been floored. You know, when you hear people talk about when I do connect my drivers and they're educated about what we're doing in the operations and in, in the higher-ups, drivers have more production level to them. They're happier. They they actually are happier with communicating with them inside. So it's, it's great. We need now, to keep it up. Two things before we let you go. One, what do you hope to learn? You keep asking everyone that. Let's turn the question on to you. What do you hope to learn from everyone here? I want to grow. I want to sponge every bit of this communication uh, of the tech world. Yeah. Um, I want to know how you integrate uh, load boards into weather apps to every little thing that's come out new. Because, you know, maybe 42 years, that doesn't mean I know hardly anything in today's world. And if I don't grow and adapt in today's world, I'm not any good to anybody nor myself. Well, and that's why, that's why we wanted you. You folks here too, you, you drivers here as well, the Back the Truck Up team, so that you understand what you're translating back to that audience. It's all about learning here, and now we've brought in a whole other side of the equation into the fold, and I hope everyone appreciates that, because I think that's super cool. Now, can you play a cowbell for us before we let you go? <laughs> you gotta figure, I'm a hillbilly. Come on, oh, she's got it. All right, she just, go for it, come on, angry. Wow. Yeah. Ingrid, bro. Thanks, hey, you guys. Can find, you missed any of this Ooh. show, you can find it at live.freightwaves.com. You yeah. can also find them on tv.freightwaves.com. You can see all the events here that you missed. You watch them on demand. If you like audio like me because you have no attention span, you can't sit still and watch the TV, <laughs> you can go to Freightcast. You subscribe to every single Freightwaves podcast all in one feed. But if you just want What the Truck, look up What the Truck. You can just get that there, too. Check out our new site, backthetruckup.com. And by tomorrow, Shaw, remember, that's the hard camera. Right there. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dude. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Don't be a stranger and tell him how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere. Spread it everywhere. Woo! You are listening to what?